What you are about to hear is the ultimate blend of technology and entertainment. This is ConfT with your SE. That's right. This is ConfT with your SE. I am your host, Brian Young. We've got another great episode planned for today. We're going to be talking about penetration testing, something that is definitely coming up in a lot of conversations with customers these days, and I think for very valid reasons as we're going to be covering today. Uh, with me today, I am joined by two people from Secure Network Technologies. This is an organization that Driven has partnered up with uh, to be able to perform uh, penetration testing and a couple other services in terms of, you know, testing testing your security um, setup. So with me today, I've got Megan Shearer and Ryan Wager. How are you guys? Thanks for joining. Great. You know, it's fun to be on here. Normally, I'm listening to your podcast on a run, so it's weird to actually be on it. <laughs> nice. Now, I, pr- I appreciate the uh, appreciate you guys coming on. Um, I'll let you, I'll get, let, let's let's go through some introductions. Megan, why don't you introduce yourself, and then we'll go over to Ryan. Awesome. So, Brian, it's been wonderful working with you so far. You know, it's fun getting that call one day, and now all of a sudden I'm on your podcast. So, um, yeah. So <laughs> pretty I'm a, quickly too. I know exactly. <laughs> so I'm a security consultant with the company. Uh, I've been with Secure Network for about just over three years, uh, and I have the beauty working alongside our engineers, one being Ryan and the rest of our team. Uh, So I work on the scoping side, more on the sales front, and also project management side. Um, So it's been a whirlwind, fun part about this industry. It's never boring, that's for sure. That that is true. Um, I think a lot of our episodes on the podcast, especially lately, have been around security. It's definitely something that's top of mind. And I'm pretty sure I just saw an article today about uh, three emergency rooms uh, getting locked down or not being able to uh, function because of some type of cyber attack uh, just today. So it's it's never ending. (laughs) Ryan, how about you introduce yourself, sir? Yeah. So uh, Ryan Wager here. Um, Yeah, I'm a security engineer with uh, Secure Networks. Uh, I've been here a few years now. Um, prior to that, um, I cut my teeth in the healthcare space. Uh, spent about ten years uh, working uh, my way up through the ranks. I uh, held titles as the information security manager, IT manager, um, before shifting gears and uh, uh, started with the, the contracting with the. Department of Homeland Security uh, for a little bit, uh, did pin testing, uh, critical infrastructure all throughout the U.S., um, did that for a little while, then um, joined uh, SNT um, back in, what, 2020, 2021? So, yeah, it's been a couple of years now. Wow. So, let's let's dive into that, I think, is my, my first kind of question, especially for listeners that may want to get into penetration testing. I, I remember, and I think I told you guys this story when we were talking that um, I had come across some certification. I think it was licensed penetration tester, and I thought mm-hmm. that would be like the coolest title to have ever. Yeah. So, like, how how does one get into this line of work? I mean, <laughs> how, how do you how do you get started and and, and kind of get the uh, yeah. the ability to to do the bad things and not get arrested for it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's a kind of a, a weird shift in the industry right now um, where individuals can now just jump right into pen testing. They can jump right into the security functions. Um, I myself, like I said, I spent quite a bit of time at that kind of sysadmin role. So I was, you know, hands-on, you know, managing Windows servers, Linux boxes, did that for a while before kind of moving up to more of a management role. Um, but really, that's that's kind of where it started. Um, you know, just, just learning the technology, being around it. Um, you know, myself, I was also very fortunate because I held a, um, a position in a telemedicine um, organization. So, I got to work with different healthcare facilities all throughout the U.S., um, implementing our services. Um, so it was really just really good hands-on experience with with all these different technologies out there. Um, and so for me, that that's that's really helped me uh, progress uh, my career as just a pen tester and just security practitioner in general. Um, but uh, like I said, there, there are a lot of programs out there now, boot camps, college curriculum that you can now sign up for that this wasn't available back in my day. So um, like I said, there, there, there is a shift in the industry, but um, there are a few different ways to get into it if you really wanted to. So, yeah. <laughs> 
Nice. So you don't have to be that uh, that hacker that kind of starts off as a script kitty and gets arrested, and then they're given you know the option, hey, if you want to turn your life around. <laughs> yeah, not not everybody needs to go down that path for sure. So I mean, but there's a lot of uh, labs online. There's online resources. You know, uh, there's just, there's just so much out there these days. Nice, nice. Yeah. yeah, there's always there's YouTube has a ton of stuff on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> awesome. So, what kind of trends are you seeing in the industry as of as of lately? And I, I don't know if Megan, if you want to take a take a shot at this one first. Um, but what what are some of the trends that can really kind of make pen testing a necessity these days? You know, we see a few different things. Um, you know, we work from anywhere from a small four person nonprofit all the way up to a Fortune five hundred company. Very different. Um, believe it or not, we get a lot of comments saying, well, I don't have anything that a threat actor would want. That's the yep. number one conversation. And uh, if you have money, they want to hack you. If they can hold anything for ransom, right? That's the goal. Right. Um, you know, and, and even just going into that in a little bit more detail, the people who we talk to most often are forced to do it for compliance or cyber insurance. That's the number one discussion across the table. Uh, so when we sit down with an organization, each one's a little bit different. They have different infrastructures that, Ryan, I'm sure you can relate to. Uh, but really, we're trying to find out what's the goal behind it. Is it proactive? Is it compliance? Or is it cyber insurance, right? Um, mm -hmm. I would love to say everybody's being proactive. Um, I would say that's a small percentage of what we see today. Uh, but even, you know, car dealerships, for example, last June, they were required to do now a risk assessment and address the risk. Um, you figure how much PII and PHI do they have? How many credit cards do they hold? Uh, makes me think twice about getting a car sometimes. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's starting to be a new conversation, right? That people are trying to realize, okay, what do I have in-house that could be concerning for our customers, our vendors, or even just keeping our organization up and running? Um, you know, I know that's addressing a lot of things. Cyber insurance, oh my goodness. Uh, people just trying to get their renewals in place, right? Mm. They're getting these questionnaires that are, you know, I, the highest I've heard is about 40 pages. Brian, I don't wow. know what you've come across with your clients. I haven't seen too much in terms of the exact requirements around cyber insurance, but I do know those rules have been getting a lot stricter in terms of you need to do a lot. You need to have a lot in place. You need to show um, disaster recovery plans. Like they're, they are definitely looking at, you know, like any insurance company would, right? Like what is, what is the risk and yeah. what are you doing to minimize that risk? And it sounds like the, the pen testing stuff is really you know, proactive and kind of forcing those organizations to be proactive and say, listen, you say you have all these tools in place. You say you have all these processes in place. Have you, have you tried them out? Um, so yeah, that, it, it makes sense that the cyber insurance would be a huge push for that. And you know what's tough is going back to the compliance standpoint, because you have those three main factors there. Um, it's very broad. These compliance regulations are very, very broad. So right. now you have, let's say, you know, it, it, we'll go back to the car dealership portion. They are coming across, they've never had a pen test. They've never really been cybersecurity focused. And all of a sudden they're told to identify the risk. And that's pretty much all it says. Well, what mm -hmm. does that mean? Are you going through policy and procedures? Are you doing a pen test? You know, it, it really depends on who's guiding you, which is nice why you have Driven that's going to talk to their clients to say, he, here's how we're going to help progress you, right? Otherwise, right. if you're just left to handle it in-house, it can get sticky knowing that you're trying to figure out you're doing the right thing. Right. Right. And, and to pick on car dealerships a little bit too, like, you know, you, you go there, you're looking at a car and you, you, um, have to fill out all this, uh, all this paperwork and whatnot. And a lot of times it's a single piece of paper that has been, you know, photocopied 10,000 times that you're writing all of your PII data on and, and your social and, 
and you know your maiden name, your last fourteen addresses, and everything else. And what Bingo. do they do with that? Like, what what happens with that? They're they're photocopying your driver's license for a test drive, and it just goes into a filing cabinet. Maybe it gets digitized. What happens with that data? Stuff like that. How long do they hold on to it? And it's you know again, we're just picking on car dealerships here, but I think it's a I think it's something to. Um, you know, to keep, I think it's a good example for sure. Exactly. And, you know, we were actually working with one car dealership. I won't share names, of course. Um, but the thing is with that one, all their employees were using their phone to take pictures of the license plates, the registrations, all that information. Well, now it's on their personal devices. Right. You know, that's it's concerning at that point. And I, everybody's trust trying to stay operational. They have their own business needs. So I always go back to IT, cybersecurity, and actually operating a business are completely different things. And they don't always they go line in line. Mm. Yeah, that's and that's the problem. And especially if, if it's not something that you've done before, if it's not something that you have a dedicated IT team to that's very security minded or a CISO, right? A seasoned CISO that understands the risks and right. Cause that let's face it at the end of the day, the CISO's primary responsibility is to understand and minimize and accept risk. It's, it's really about risk. Yes. So they're, that's, that's what they're going to be primarily focused on. Um, you know, making sure that, that those things are, 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 are where they need to be and that whatever is left is acceptable. Exactly. So uh, unless you have that in your organization, you're going to be very, very lost in terms of how to even start filling out that form or even, you know, where, where do I even go for cyber insurance? What, what does it mean? What does it cover? Right. Because cyber insurance is not going to take, um, is not going to come into to, into effect if it's something like a nation state or an act of war, right? And let's face it, we're in some pretty volatile times right now where a lot of these types of uh, cyber attacks that we're seeing, there's concern and, and hints and, and, and rumors of it being nation state backed. Um, and, you know, then you, you're not going to get that, uh, that insurance coverage there. So it's yeah. like... It's 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 kind of a weird world we're living in, um, for sure. And I think the other thing too that we were kind of talking about when we were doing the prep is the fact that you know if you have besides an organization that really doesn't have a, a big security posture, on the flip side of that, you have these larger organizations that have all these silos, and they have a you know a ton of vendors in place. They have a ton of separate teams and tools that they're using, and that's just as detrimental in many cases and they'll have you'll have all these different you know silos that are like yeah we're good we're good it, it reminds me of the um <laughs> i don't know how true this is i i i heard this story once and i could be completely wrong on this but apparently when ford was developing the pinto this was the first time that they had kind of segmented the teams because they needed to get this car like designed engineered and built really really fast um and they were competing with another another vehicle or whatever, I think from Chevy or whatever. So they had a team that was working on the drivetrain. They had a team that was working on the body. They had a dream that was a team that was working on the suspension and the frame, right? And they all did their designs. They put this thing together in record time. They build the first prototype and they're like, you know, they're ready to go. They're already starting, you know, to 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 get all the tooling set to to manufacture this thing. And they go, all right, let's put it some gas, some gas in it, and uh, let's start her up. And they're like, where's the gas tank? <laughs> because it was everyone else that was pointed as like, well, that's not a drivetrain thing. It's it's you know it's part of the body. It was all the body teams like, well, that's not you know it's whatever. So and apparently that's why the the tank is outside of the frame because they'd already built and designed everything. So again, I don't know how true that is. It could be completely false. It could be uh, some fake news. Hey, there, I'm gonna but go with it. That's interesting. I, I like it, and uh, I'm I'm gonna go with it. But that's that's the problem when you have all those different teams that are not looking at what everyone else is doing. If you don't have that oversight, you're going to be in in just as bad shape as someone that doesn't have anyone. Yeah, and that's you know, it's checks and balances. So our founder always says you, you don't want to be the fox guarding the hen house, right? So mm. that's something we really try to focus on, and. Um, you know, threat actors are getting more advanced. I mean, let's dive into now the difference of 
what's a scam versus a pen test, right? We have these conversations all day long. Um, and there's no real standard to penetration testing. And Ryan, I'll let you dive into that a little bit more. Um, but, you know, you want to make sure everything you're investing in, all your tools, um, your products, your rules, everything you're putting in place is actually working properly, right? So that's why we're in this space and trying to make sure that we're focused on cybersecurity and we work with managed service providers like Driven to actually focus on that portion and help you remediate. Um, but Ryan, I'll let you go into the pen testing portion of really the differences of what we look at here. Yeah. Um, so pen testing and vulnerability scan, um, two big two big aspects to improving your security posture. Um, but when it comes to vulnerability scanning, um, I believe that should play a larger role in just your patch management process, right? Mm. Um, making sure that, you know, you don't have unpatched software, that you don't have any sort of gaping, you know, vulnerabilities that are sitting out there. Um, when we move into sort of the pen testing side, we're really going to try to find things that a vulnerability scan might not pick up. Um, we're going to try to crack passwords. We're going to try to move around laterally throughout the environment, see if there's any sort of privilege creep that this particular user might have. Um, and so we're, we're really kind of taking vulnerability scanning to the next phase um, and, and really making it very hands-on and, and practical in a sense that we're able to actually exploit those things um, and demonstrate uh, impact at the end of the day. So, do you, do you see a lot of organizations really focusing on the vulnerability scanning? and, and <sighs> Well, we do. We see a lot of organizations really focusing on it, but there's also a, kind of a problem in the industry right now is where we're seeing a lot of, you know, these startups um, kind of coming out into the security space. And what they're doing is they're selling vulnerability scans as a pen test. Um, and an organization who undergoes one of those type of assessments, um, they're really really in a bad spot because it's very hard to protect what you don't know about. So um, at the end of the day, it's, it's, you know, they might understand that they have some, you know, vulnerable software, maybe some, you know, unpatched Windows systems, um, but they don't really understand their, their actual risk within the environment. Um, and so it makes it really, really difficult for them to, to defend against risks that they don't know about. Right, right. Um, I'm curious, with a, with a lot of organizations moving to uh, cloud-based and SaaS-based applications, you know, there. You, what, what's the pushback that you've seen from from prospective clients that are like, hey, you know what, I'm not worried about, um, you know, vulnerability scanning or pen testing because I'm reducing my data center footprint. I don't really host anything on site. I'm using all these other services, right? And they're just, you know, they're just kind of writing off the yeah. risk and pushing it to them. You know, what do you yeah. what are you seeing uh, in that in that regard? Yeah. So, I mean, the cloud is a great thing. I mean, it really just kind of alleviates some of your physical requirements, right? So you don't need to really worry about hosting the VM anymore within a, well, hosting the physical machine or, you know, dealing with your storage area network and things like that. But it does introduce its own complexities and its own challenges. Um, it, the cloud is, is very similar to your on-prem equipment. It's just, there's just a different way of doing things. And so you introduce some of that technical you still have those technical you know issues that you need to address right, right. um so uh, i mean it's 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 i'm not for the cloud or against the cloud i think that it has its its purpose um but again it, it's it's you can't just move things into the cloud and think everything's going to be okay there's still some technical challenges that you're going to have to deal with um and make sure that you understand um what those those challenges are so yeah so whether so whether you are you know, mostly on-prem in terms of your applications and what you're hosting um, or in the cloud or somewhere in between, which I think most most customers are in that kind of hybrid space. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it definitely is important to get a, a, um, a team with experience that, yep. you know, like what, like what you guys are doing, to be able to understand the intricacies of how are these things linked? Are there you know, connections from this cloud resource or this, you know, um, IaaS kind of um, uh, setup into your environment that can be leveraged. Because, you know, one of the things I was thinking about when you were talking about the cloud, it's like all you're doing now is is now everyone is putting their information into, yep. that, into that vendor, right? And of course, they have to, as, as, stewards of that data right they need yeah. to have the the policies and the procedures in place and obviously they need to really take care of that data but at the same time you're still responsible to make sure that you understand 
what their policies are, you know, in terms of, yep. hey, do you do do you do pen testing yourselves? Like what kind of compliances are you right. um, held up against and uh, what are you doing to back up the data, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, I think it's, it's yeah. very complicated. <laughs> yeah. And Microsoft's one of the better ones. You can go on. They have their security uh, in, in um, admin center and they have a, a ton of documentation, security uh, reviews, audits, uh, things that they've done um, within their environment. I um, mean, they're pretty clear. They have a, a nice little uh, spreadsheet out there that will list some of the uh, items that they're responsible for, uh, mostly physical controls. And then they go through and they have uh, other items that the client is responsible for. Um, and so it's a good, good reference material if, if you're thinking about getting in that cloud space. Nice. Nice. That's really cool. Yeah. It, it's nice that they put together a framework for that because I think right. it's, you know, it's helpful and it could probably, probably be, um, used and kind of adjusted for other, other types of services in the cloud as well. Right. Cool. Yeah. Megan, I got a question for you. Of so if we're gonna, let's, let's say, you know, I'm, I'm convinced, which I already am. I'm convinced like this is, <laughs> this is something I need. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> this is something I need to do. I have no idea what I have. I have no idea what I don't have. I'm hybrid. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm hybrid worker in terms of, you know, where my users are sitting. I've got some tools here and there that I've got an overworked uh, group of uh, network admins and maybe some, you know, uh, quote unquote sock analysts that uh, that are on my payroll that I have looking at stuff, but at the end of the day, I'm I think I'm good, but I just don't know. Uh, where do I where do I start? How do I how do I start an engagement with you? So the good part about this assessment, just from the actual starting point, gives you an idea of you know where you need to go for next steps, right? We talk about how you can buy all these products, you can put all these rules in place, you still don't know your gaps. And that's what we're trying to identify first and foremost. Uh, so typically, I love a call. I hate sending out a questionnaire. Nobody likes homework. Um, I, I want to understand what they, if they have any compliance regulations, if they're doing this for cyber insurance, as we mentioned, uh, and really what they have infrastructure-wise. Ryan and his team, they're always going to start out with discovery and numeration, um, but just general counts to know the complexity of their network. So looking at live IPs, desktops, router switches, getting a good understanding of what they have already is a good starting point. So we can put a scope mm -hmm. together. Um, you know, we're talking about problems within the industry, right? So we have a lot of clients that are still solely focused on external penetration tests. And the biggest thing you want to focus on is the inside of your network, which most people don't realize. Right. A threat actor is going to get through in through a fish, a smish, somebody's going to give up credentials, and now you have that adversary sitting inside your network. What that can they soft see? soft, gooey center. <laughs> and yes, typically it's all flat and you can move all around and that's that's fun for the team, but it's not mm -hmm. fun when you go to the debrief and you're saying you've got a whole bunch of things you need to fix. Um, so, you know, it's having that conversation and it makes me think, and Brian's going to giggle at this. We, uh, we had somebody we were working with, we were about to start the engagement. He said, ah, you know, with the internal, I'm having a little buyer's remorse. And that's what every salesperson yeah. wants to hear. Right. Um, so we're like, what? And he's like, I, I just don't know if we need it. And Ryan, maybe you can talk about some of the things you actually found. We're like, this is the most important aspect of a pen test. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm just, I'm just thinking about that job right now. <laughs> um, it was a little bit of a doozy. Yeah. So um, he was conducting vulnerability scans in a regular interval. Um, you know, everything was coming back fairly clean. I mean, we even ran vulnerability scans ourselves and they came back clean. Um, but there were some other uh, giant holes that he had within the network. Um, for one, they were using, you know, NTLM v1, which is a deprecated protocol. It hasn't been, um, it's just not secure by today's standards. So um, you get hands on an NTLM v1, which is a challenge response hash. You can essentially crack it in you know a few hours depending upon your, your rig so um that's exactly what we did we were able to course one of the domain controllers to authenticate to us ended up getting an ntlm v1 hash 
um, cracked it for a few hours. Next thing you know, we're, we're sitting in the context of a domain controller machine account. Um, if anybody's familiar with that, a DC account that, or domain controller machine account, um, you know, it has the ability to replicate changes from from other you know domain controller nodes. So um, at the end of the day, we were able to basically dump his entire um, NTDS database, um, ran it through a password audit. Um, all that other fun stuff, but yeah, just just little things like that 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 typically don't show up in a vulnerability scan, right. um, but a huge huge risk to the organization. Um, you know, if a threat actor would, were to be in that organization, um, very likely that that they would have you know walked away with some data and then you know locked them up at the end of the day. So, wow, yeah, I and I'm yeah. I'm thinking about this as you're as you're <laughs> saying it, right? Like these automated tools that are out there, there's a lot of them, right? Yeah, um, you know, and I'll I'll even put vulnerability scanning in in, in that category, right? Um, there's a ton of tools out there that are going to Maybe check that box and yeah. maybe give you a ton, a, a lot of good, valuable information. But at the end of the day, they're yeah. still doing a set kind of, you know, programmatic thing or a programmatic check. You really yeah. need someone that's thinking like a bad actor to be able to, you know, move and pivot and think on their feet and try to find out you know, different ways to get around some roadblocks because that's exactly what a bad actor is going to be doing in that, in that yeah. scenario. So you really, you really need that live person touch, especially someone that knows what the heck they're doing. Absolutely. And that's, that's one of the reasons we've really adopted uh, risk-based penetration testing. Um, a lot of organizations, they'll go in there, they run the vulnerability scan, and that's your pen test. Well, um, at ST, we take a risk-based approach to our pen testing. So um, when we talk about risk, risk is essentially the likelihood that a threat actor would be able to exploit a vulnerability and what that impact would have on the organization as a whole. And so when we just look at that NTLM v1 example that we were just talking about, um, it, impact is huge, right? It led to complete domain compromise. And so what that does is it kind of reduces some of the noise in the pen test report. So we're focusing on items that you should really be concerned with as a client um, versus just handing you a bunch of vulnerability scan data um, that just, just includes things like SSL, you know, um, TLS v version 1.0 or 1.1, um, things that are just noise, which that should be addressed in, in just a, a vulnerability management program, right? So you should have your, your team that's looking at some of these vulnerabilities at regular intervals, and then going through and remediating them. Uh, we're focusing on things that can be exploited, things that a threat actor would be able to execute. Um, and we're really trying to, like I said, find those items that just don't show up in a vulnerability scan. No, that's, yeah. that's, that's good. And it's, it's funny you mentioned the, the TLS thing, because I don't know if, uh, <laughs> I don't know if Megan, if you got a chance to listen to the, the last episode we just published last week on quantum computing. I did not. And we were talking no. about, well, we were talking about like um, the different algorithms and stuff that are going to be, have to be in place once quantum right. computing becomes a thing because quantum computing will basically crack any type of asymmetrical uh, encryption. Um, so that's any yeah. of your key exchanges and stuff like that. So things like TLS 1.0, 1.1, even 1.2 is, is going to just be obsolete as soon as that really comes comes around. So that yeah. kind of report is going to be important later when we have to move everything over from, you know, stuff that is vulnerable to quantum computing, yeah. uh, uh, hacking and, and stuff like that to something that's that's a lot more um, robust against that. So, but for now, it's just a lot of noise. Yeah. And Ryan, I'm sure you see the progression, right? So vulnerability scanning was still that was the movement of the threat actors back in the day. That wasn't wrong. Mm -hmm. Just now it's just noise, right? You have to look at yeah. other tactics, other techniques that the threat actors are leveraging. I mean, diving into MGM. Yeah. I mean, just looking at that one, that was essentially the main compromise was through a vishing call, right. getting credentials to what was it, an Office 365 account? I think so. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, at that point, they've got, you know, they've got full access, right? And they're going undetected. So, you know, Ryan and I were really picking apart one of the things during their assessments the other day. They were saying that 50% of the time, they don't have to touch antivirus and endpoint detection right. because yeah. they have legitimate access. So you can invest right. in all these products you want, but unless they're dumping a whole bunch of information, maybe you'll get detected at that point. But, but right. how, do you, how do you know you've locked things down properly if you haven't looked at the bigger picture? 
Right. And and this is something that that in my previous role at Cisco I talked a lot about with, you know, some of the um network detection software that that we that we uh, sold that was looking at things like um traffic patterns, like something like a data mm-hmm. exfiltration stuff like that where I'm noticing, hey, you know, Ryan normally only uploads 5 gigs of 5 gigs of data a day and all of a sudden he's load, uploading 500. You know, those yeah. are kind of the behavioral analytics pieces and and you know, there's definitely um, there's definitely use cases for those. I know that uh, even <laughs> at here at Driven, I I uh, I've gotten a couple emails. Um, actually, when we're using this, the first time I was using this software to record a podcast, uh, starting at Driven, um, I was getting emails, and I didn't even realize it from the security team. And they're like, "Yeah, we're noticing a huge uh, increase of of data going up to this AWS site, and uh, we just want to check on it." And I'm like. Thank you for not pulling the plug. <laughs> that's that's the podcast software that we use. That's Riverside. That's uh, that's legit. Go ahead and uh, whitelist that, please, because I'm going to be using it again. But it was like the second time it happened, um, and uh, in those having to investigate those things, and and again, there's a good reason to have them there, and but at the same time, there's there's the potential for a lot of false positives, especially when you have a power user like me that does all the things that they're not supposed to do or that the average user isn't doing, right? And every organization ha- is going to have a couple of those. Yeah, yeah we, we see it pretty consistently um, where we'll take some sort of, um, you know, super action, you know, dump NTDS or, you know, dump LSS, things like that. Um, you know, and the, the security products just aren't reporting in time. So, you know, it's not until about six or eight hours later when we've already walked off with the keys of the kingdom that they, you know, send an email alert, you know, saying, hey, you know, this action was picked up. Um, just a real, real big gap in the industry, I think. Yeah, because you generally don't want to automate a response on something like that. Right. Uh, you you yeah. want to have that kind of human touch to to check it and investigate it, and you know, yeah, there's twenty four seven uh, you know socks and whatnot, but still, there's yeah. you could already have the keys to the kingdom already gone, and um, the, the 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 and that's why there's so many tools in the industry, and I I get why there are so many because there's so many different avenues of attack. I mean, we didn't even talk about the physical uh, penetra- uh, penetration testing and and the physical access piece of it yet. Um, but that's a huge, that's a huge part of it. And I, I talk to customers all the time about this for as long as I can remember. I'm like, yeah, email is still the number one, uh, attack vector, but you know, your firewall, your email security or your duo or whatever MFA, it's not going to stop you from, uh, picking up a thumb drive in the parking lot and plugging it in. Right. It, it, it's not going to protect you against that. Um, most likely. So, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of complicated, but let's, since we're, since we kind of talked about the penetra the physical stuff, I'd love to dive into that a little bit because I always find that fascinating. I love, uh, Darknet Diaries podcast and, uh, there's usually always a lot of good stories of guys, you know, climbing walls and jimmying locks and trying to, uh, trick these, um, they'll, they'll trick the sensor on the inside of the door that detects motion and they'll like they'll blow i think the guy was talking about he was blowing um you know the, the cans of compressed air yep so he'll flip it upside down and blow it underneath the door and that was enough of a temperature difference and, and motion to trigger it to unlock the door from the inside like just mind-blowing stuff so let's let's dive into that because i always find that interesting <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely <laughs> so there's something well, you guys do it is something we do. Um, I, I will admit I'm not the person that's going to do that. <laughs> I'm too suspect. I'm too suspect looking. Um, <laughs> but no, we, we, we have, we have some stories. Um, they send Megan you know, in our, to our, do it, right? Yeah. yeah no, I, I, <laughs> I've tried to convince her. <laughs> I don't know if I would make it very far. Um, yeah, I just don't know if I have the mindset. You have to have a real, you know, clear idea what you're doing and it, you can't show any nerves, right? At that point, I don't know if I could go past that line. I don't know. I think I think I think we're onto something here. I think we got to get Megan to do this because I I, I think nice. she'd be a, a, a very covert. I mean, I'm I'm thinking back to what was the uh, was it Ocean's Eight that was the uh, the all woman crew, the all girl crew right that uh, oh. that were that were I think it was Ocean's Eight. I yeah. think so. I think so. Oh, I, I can't remember it, it but Ocean's Ten. Yes, know. my founder <laughs> has been pushing me to. He's like, you can do this. You know, well, one day I promise when I'm here I will. Do a physical break-in. So now at least you have it on recording. 
<laughs> and uh, and you're coming to the driven office next week, aren't you? <laughs> I am, oh no, 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 no! I'm not getting put in I'll a keep cop my car. Eye on you. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ryan. I totally derailed you. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no. Um, I, we we do have some stories. Um, uh, one of our business founders, um, they actually shipped a guy one time in a large uh, chest. Um, stuck him in there with life support. Um, had a little what, peephole from the top and uh, delivered him right into the server room. So, yeah, it was kind of interesting. I was a little shocked when I saw the box myself when I was out there, but yeah. You yeah, can't get me to story. do that job. <laughs> <laughs> Darn. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay, so you shipped, physically shipped someone. Okay, yep. I, so I wanted to make sure I heard that right. Sh- they, well, they played the part of the FedEx delivered. They delivered delivered a box with a person inside, um, and they delivered the, the team, the, the whoever they delivered it to, the front desk reception person, ended up moving the box back into the server room, um, and somebody popped out, you know, several hours later, so. <laughs> with confetti, I hope. Uh, hey, one time they delivered a, a box that had all Easter candy in it. Um, so they have, uh, and they left at, you know, they shipped it in, left it there for a week. And then all of a sudden people started questioning it, start panicking. They had a robot come in and actually try to dissemble it. Um, yeah. Yep. And turned, uh, turned out to be just a box full of Easter candy. Wow. They just wanted to see well, how long it would go undetected. Wow. Yeah. That's Yeah. But everybody nice. has different goals with physical break-ins, right? Some of yeah. you can can you plug something in? Can you just access the server room? I mean, we've done it for museums, financial institutions, law firms, you name it. Um, just depends what they want to get out of it. Yeah, and I, and I think the the physical penetration testing really does. It can definitely mirror the network in terms of you know you can have all these you know things on the outside on the perimeter, right? Whether it's a, uh, a locked door or a gate or, a, you know, a, a guard, right? They have all these things on the, on the outside to help with that perimeter. But then inside, how open is it? Do you have to use your key card to access different sections, right? Do you have a section that's just for finance, right? So it's, it, it, the, the physical can definitely model and mimic the, the, the digital side of the business too. Um, and you have to kind of, I think you kind of have to approach them both in very similar mindsets in terms of, hey, you know, what what type of security do I need for these zones, whether we're talking digital or physical? Um, yeah. But that's that's cool. A box of candy. Whole big box. Of candy. Hey, they've got more than that. They've got a whole theater. They've got the setup for FedEx, for copiers, wow. Xerox, everything along those lines. They're ready to go. So we'll wow. bring our founder on next time. He'll have some stories for you. Yeah, no, that I think I think that would be a good a good one to uh, to dive into there. More more tales from the uh, the physical pen tri- pen testing. Yeah. So, what other um, are there any other you know, types of, of penetration testing that we missed? I know we talked a lot about the vulnerability scanning and kind of the uh, risk based assessments. Uh, obviously, physical testing. Um, I know we kind of mes- mentioned the the phishing and smishing and stuff like that. Um, any others that we that we kind of missed on, or did we cover them all? Uh, we do a, a couple other uh, types of engagements, uh, anything from assume to breach, um, all the way up to red team engagements. Uh, we will also do wireless web applications. Um, let me see, is there anything else I might have missed, Megan? Nope, I think you got it all. I mean, there's for an organization who has never even identified their risk, looked at their infrastructure in any means, always an external internal pen test. Um, and Brian, I'm sure you've even seen it just from the basics of bringing on a company from a managed services side, right? Where do you start right. with some of these things? And, and you, you don't want to provide them the world and now it's too overwhelming to digest. Right, right. So this this is kind of a, it could it can be, especially for large organizations, kind of a crawl, walk, run where you need to understand what are you working with here <laughs> from a from a very top level down kind of setup right what are, what are we working with what are what are the applications you're using what are the tools your security tools what are the the compliances you're worried about all that just to kind of check what your your as you said the external and your internal kind of uh, um, scans and tests yeah and even working you know we work with a lot of organizations as we mentioned uh even this past year i'm thinking about one in particular you know they've been 
consistently looking at pen testing. Now the next step would be that assumed breach red team. They, they made that a minor, what could have been a minor adjustment in their infrastructure. Brian tested their network and he's like, oh my goodness, I'm seeing yeah. so many more gaps than I did last year. I don't know if they're ready for this next step. So mm. it's kind yeah. of addressing the basics first before you go on to that next step. Otherwise, it, it, it will be noise. Right. you mentioned you know kind of next steps and i'm I'm curious you know once once we so we've gone through this engagement right we've we've kind of i've come to you guys and said hey um you know these are the things that i i want to do i don't really know what i have or here's what i'm i'm working with kind of thing and we've done that that initial kind of internal and external uh testing and scans and whatnot um, you know, what, what comes out of that? What's, what are the kind of deliverables from that? And then what do we, where do we go from there? Yeah. So in terms of deliverables, um, yeah, so obviously you're, you're, you're going to get a report. Um, you're going to let, we're going to have a report, a risk-based report, um, with all the findings that were gathered during the assessment or identified during the assessment. Um, you'll also get some, some artifacts that accompany the report. Uh, we talk about artifacts. Those are raw, that's raw data. So port scans, vulnerability scans, those should be yours, right? Your client, you should, you should have access to that raw data. Um, so when you serve like web enumeration, you'd get the raw data with that as well too. Um, we also sit down with every client, typically an hour to an hour and a half debrief call to go over the report from start to finish. Um, it's a really good opportunity for organizations organizations to bring in their technical team if they have any sort of questions. Um, we also go over high-level remediation efforts. Um, every organization is different, and remediation might not be the same between you know company A and company B, but um, from a high level, this is what we found. This is how you can mitigate that exposure. Um, and that's pretty much it. Um, some organizations, we don't do any sort of mitigation testing. Well, we do mitigation testing, but we don't do it up front. Uh, what we mean by that is um, it, it's hard to tell what what vulnerabilities or weaknesses might exist within a company's infrastructure. So we can't really quote you for that ahead of time. Right. But we will do mitigation testing um, after the fact. So if there's something that you, you really want us to go through and just confirm that, you know, and you don't have that giant gaping hole anymore, um, that's definitely something that we can talk about after the fact. Um, but, but that is an option that's always available to all our clients. Nice. Nice. And I, I think, you know, one thing that we kind of danced around, but I think we need to make very, very clear is that S&T does not do any remediation directly. Correct. Or Correct. We don't do any remediation. We do not sell any products, no. anything along those lines. So, Brian, that's why you are so valuable. Because, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, I'm telling you, you know, our, the business started back in 1997. Our two founders started to build it mm-hmm. up uh, just solely instant response and um, penetration testing. Mm-hmm. And, and to date, you know, we still have some clients we work with directly. And a few of them, it's, you know, the same findings as last year. At that point, they need some assistance. You know, it's trying to take that step to make sure they're secure. This isn't just, you know, our report is useless. Now we've just pointed out, here are all the problems you have with your network. Now you have a document that's showing that you have issues. Mm-hmm. You, you know, we need you um, to right. help build up the client. So, you know, even from that perspective, Brian, it would be good to dive into that on where you would take them from there, just remediation wise. Yeah, and this is this is why the partnership here with Driven and SNT is is so important. And I would even say too, and I'll, I was kind of thinking about this as we were talking. It's also the the partnership with the customer, right? The client, uh, because this is not a one and done thing, right? It can't be. Right. Uh, things are going to be constantly changing. The threat landscape is changing. Your infrastructure is changing. Your business needs are changing, um, and being able to, you know, yeah, we can we can talk obviously about you know setting up annual scans, right? Because I think a lot of a lot of customers will end up doing that. But it goes beyond that. It really, really does. Yep. The mitigation stuff, the mitigation testing, you know, you mentioned I think is important too. Like, hey, did I actually fix it? Or did I make it right. worse? Um, but this is this is where driven really comes in and really can shine. So, you know, this is not something that um I really kind of talked about in terms of like promotion of the of the the organization that I work for. Um, but the security or the security arm 
of Driven as is extremely robust and in terms of just the number of people, number of engineers we have, the the tools that we have, and obviously we're working very closely with the various vendors, you know, Palo Alto, Cisco, uh, Cisco Networks, and you know, um, uh, you, you name you name them, right? We're we're working with the all the vendors in in those different areas for you know the best practices and the other pieces there that we um, need to make sure that things are working right. If you need those products, if you need those mitigation steps, we have something in place. Um, and we've we've had a number of success stories, um, not myself yet because I'm new, but uh, there's been a number of success stories with Driven working with SNT um, and doing the remediation piece, and again working with the client because I think that's that's that is definitely the most vital part here. It really needs to be those three entities working together in order to make this work. Um, and I think I think that's that's the that's the most important part. Post remediation scans, annual scans. Um, it needs to be a partnership uh, because the landscape's always changing. Yeah, I mean, the goal is to keep the business operational, right? Your organization, right. because at that point, you're not even talking about. You could be down for days, weeks, months if you get hit. I mean, think about production being hurt. Think about your employees not getting their paychecks, reputation, all those things you can't replace. Right. I mean, not even going to the technical portion, if they've locked up your backups, everything along those lines and how things are structured, it's making sure that everything's secure and you can operate as you should. Um, You know, it's, it's fun getting to learn every, you know, industry, every organization um, and what they do uh, because I don't live that world. Right. So it's trying to make sure that we're giving our best foot forward and helping them understand where their gaps are in terms of cybersecurity. Nice. Ryan, any thoughts? Um, no, no, not, <laughs> not specifically. I mean, I think, I think Megan kind of nailed it. So, yeah. yeah. I stole nice. the words out of your mouth. Yeah. There you go. There you go. No, I think, I think that's, that's the important part, right? Because, um, you know, we, we talk a lot about the, the fun pieces of the penetration testing, especially the, the physical stuff. I, I, I always enjoy that. Um, I think that's really cool. And I, I, uh, I would love to be, uh, you know, involved in something like that at some point if we can figure out a if we can get a box big enough to ship me in uh i'll gladly volunteer <laughs> we know you're um, our guy <laughs> but i think you know the, the i think the biggest piece to, to really take home here is that this is something that organizations really need to look into um because what is it? An, an ounce of prevention is a, is, wor- is worth a pound of, of remediation, right? You don't want to be caught at the tail end of an attack trying to figure out what we could have done differently. You would much rather get ahead of it. And I know that this industry in general, um, you know, it can be hard to get ahead of those kind of things, right? And this is where we look to various pieces of automation to try to alleviate some of the the uh, the day to day stuff, so that we can focus on. The, the digital transformation and all you know, all these cool things that we can do for the organization to to help better them, but at the same time, you know, keeping security top of mind because it's just getting crazier and crazier out there. There's a new article every day. Yep, every single day, every single day. Um, and there's and there's no one way to do it. You know, I I talked about that every time I I talked to a customer. You know, um, when I was when I was at Cisco, just like, hey, listen. There's no silver bullet here. You know, there's not even a single vendor that's going to be able to cover it all. You're just, you're just not, you know, um, there are some that are better than others. There are some that work, work well with each other and with others better. Uh, and that's fine. And this is where driven can help with navigating like, Hey, we need, we've identified a need for this particular security tool. Right. And I'm just, just to keep it simple, right. Let's just say MFA, right. This is a, this is one of the biggest vulnerabilities that you have here is that you don't have MFA. Um, you know, this is where we can kind of help navigate, um, you know, figure out what is the best type of MFA or whatever. And it's, it's a silly example. It's a very easy one, but still, um, this is, this is where the partnership comes in. S and T is filled with, uh, very smart people there that know what they're doing in terms of trying to look for those vulnerabilities and look for those entry points in and really kind of test out your environment to test what you have in place. And then driven can help with the remediation steps and, you know, we just kind of keep that cycle going and, and keep things moving right along. So awesome stuff. Um, 
This has been great. I've really appreciated the time. I'll kind of go around the horn. Ryan, I'll, I'll start with you if you have any uh, final thoughts or uh, closing uh, closing arguments. <laughs> um, I, I'm afraid I don't. I mean, it's been great. Uh, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. So, Of course. Thanks for coming on. Megan, final words. Our goal is to get a physical break-in, Brian. That's on your list. <laughs> We're going to work together. We're going to find a client. We'll get that scheduled, right? Um, no, I appreciate it. It's been a great partnership. Um, you know, I, I think that's, I think we touched on everything, right? I mean, it's not, we talked about compliance, cyber insurance, everything really is trying to push those clients just to stay on the proactive side. You're never going to be a hundred percent secure. We're working with risk levels here and that goes both sides. You know, we don't want to be the negative aspect of just providing a report and sitting on your desk and vice versa. It's helping you grow your clients to say, here's where your risk is. Let's focus on that and then work on, you know, other vulnerabilities over time that might be a longer push. So, um, you know, it's been a pleasure looking forward to working with you more in the team. So appreciate you having us on. Thank you, Megan. And I'll tell you the, the call to action here. If you if you want to learn more, which you should absolutely be wanting to learn more now, reach out to us. Let's let's get on a call. I mean, Megan is awesome on the phone. I've been on the phone now with her in front of customers a couple times now, and um, you know she's just incredible on the phone, as you can tell, right? Now he so, has to say it, that it's because I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, fifty bucks is fifty bucks, right? <laughs> Sorry, that, that that that's a throwback to uh, my my episode with uh, with Chandler over at Pure Storage. He uh, he did the same thing to me where he was complimenting me, and he said the exact same thing. <laughs> that's great. But um, no, honest uh, for for real here. Like, reach out. Let's have the conversation. This is kind of one of the 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 beautiful parts about my role here now at Driven is that. You know, I am more accessible. We can, we have the uh, the connections with the, uh, the the vendors and, of course, organizations like SNT to be able to do this. So let's have a conversation. Let's see where your head is at in terms of what your needs are, whether it's cyber um, cyber insurance or you know compliance or any of those things. Right? Just hey, I just need a sanity check to make sure that I'm I'm actually as covered as I think I am. Right? It's, it is worth its weight in gold, and I have a feeling that you're going to find something that you didn't know about. So reach out. Um, hello at comfty.show, um, you know, through the comments and in the YouTube or wherever. Just reach out, and let's, uh, let's have this conversation. But uh, all that being said, thank you once again for listening to Comfty with your SE, and thank you to my two wonderful guests for coming on the show today. Be sure to like, subscribe, do all the cool social network stuff. And uh, don't forget, merch is out now. Shop.comfty.show to get your mugs, shirts, and all that fun stuff. But uh, thanks again for listening. Until next time, stay safe out there. Don't forget to save that config. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of ConfT with your SE. For more information and resources on today's topic and others, check out the show notes on our website at ConfT.show. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for future topics, drop us a line at hello at conft.show. And remember, if you found this episode informative and entertaining, please help us spread the word by rating and reviewing the show on your favorite podcast platform and sharing it with your colleagues and friends. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, this has been Conft T with your SE.